You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. So for those of you who are, who are parents, have you, ever, have you ever gotten your child something or, or given something to your child that you regretted giving to them? Everyone, I saw just about every single hand go, yep. Right, and when I think, there's lots of different reasons that you might regret giving your children something, but, but one of them might be like if, if you were to give them a new instrument to learn, like a, a trumpet or, or a saxophone, right? Or, yep, Paul knew exactly where the last one I was going to, a drum set, right? Because as, as, you, as they get this new instrument for this first time, they're so excited to play it, and the noises that come out of some of those instruments, when they're very first learning how to play those instruments, sheer regret, right? I know I, I, I learned uh, violin growing up, played violin through high school. Um, those first few notes, those lot, first lot of notes, the screeches that you can make on a violin, are th- those noises should not be heard by human ears, right? Or the noise that you can make with a drum set, uh, no matter how much padding you put around it, right, is just loud, right? But, but at, some, at some point, though, like, as, as your child starts to learn that instrument, as they start to to take lessons or as they're in, in band class, they, they get better and better and better and, and, and all of a sudden that, that screechy noise turns into actual music right? and it's beautiful and, and obviously then the regret is no longer there. But then there's other times that we might regret giving things to our kids as parents and I think back to myself as a kid like on Christmas morning when I would get a present, and it wasn't quite the exact thing that I was looking for, right? Or it wasn't, you know, I got an Xbox and a game, but I didn't get this game, right? And so I just wanted more and more. And then my parents said, well, why did I get you this in the first place if, if this wasn't enough? That more and more and more syndrome is a really easy syndrome to get into, but as we, as we know, we have a Father, we have God the Father, who loves to give good gifts to His children, right? And as we've seen, uh, we saw a couple weeks ago, we were reminded of it last week, but we'll see even more today that, that God gives, and I'm not even going to put the slide up yet, we'll see if you remember, what happens, right? God gives and we do what? Respond. Yay, yeah, some, you listen, that makes me happy, right? God gives and we respond. Right? We see how that happens in worship as, as God welcomes us into his house, as he gives us his word written and spoken, and then we respond with our confession. We speak back to him, but then immediately God gives again as he gives, the confession, or as he gives his absolution, his forgiveness of sins, both that we hear, right? we hear that word, that absolution, but we also get to taste it right? as we, as we eat his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And then he sends us with his blessing and we respond, right? We sing his praise and, and then we go out as missions into his mission field. And then we come back later knowing all that, all that he has given to us and we respond with the giving of our tithes and offerings, 
right? But God gives and we respond, and that, again, that's not just in worship, right? That's the flow of life that God gives and we respond. And so what, what does God give, right? We know what happens in worship, but, but what about in your life? What does God give, right? What did God give to you this week? I want you to take 15 seconds and just try and list off as many things as you can. Maybe it's in your head or maybe it's talking with somebody next to you. What did God give you this week? Right? Take 15 seconds. Ready? Go. All right. So as you, were, as you were starting to list off some of those items, maybe, maybe you're like, yeah, Pastor, 15 seconds is not long enough, right? You could give me the rest of the day, and I still probably couldn't list out all the things that God gives to me. Or you were one of those who just said everything, right? Now, if you did that, you're a cheater, and you're right, right? God gives us everything, right? The, the first article of the creed that we'll confess later says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker, creator of heaven and earth. And then as we look into the small catechism, Luther asks the question that he always asks, well, what, what does this mean that God's the Father Almighty and, and creator of heaven and earth? Well, it means that I believe that God has made me and all creatures, Right, that He has given me my body and soul and eyes and ears and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and He still takes care of them. So how many of you, as you were listing off all the things that God gave you this week, how many of you said like sight or smell or hearing? Right? How many of you said He, he gave me legs to walk on or hands to grab things with? Right? Those are things that God gives us and still takes care of them. He also gives me my clothing and shoes, my food and drink, my house and home, my wife and children, land animals and all that I have, right? So not only does he take care of this body, but he clothes it, which I am greatly thankful for, for all of us today, right? But he also gives things to sustain it, right? Food and drink, right? Families, uh, places to live. And, and notice, I love that Luther says house and home, right? There's a, there's a building to live in, but also a place to call home, right? He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He also defends me against all uh, danger and guards and protects me from all evil. Like, I got to have this conversation as I, w I got to the joy, this blessing of going to that wonderful football game yesterday. Uh, woo! Uh, but on my way there, I had three people in one roundabout pull out in front of me, but just far enough that I could stop and, like, God defended me against danger. He protected me, right? All this he does out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. So again, this is not that I do something, I, and, and then God responds, right? God gives out of his father, fatherly divine goodness and mercy. I don't earn it at all. But then if, as God gives, what do we do? Respond, right? So for all this, it is my duty to thank and praise and to serve and obey him. Right? And this is just the first article of the Creed that talks about the Father, that talks about all that He gives to us to support our lives. Uh, but then the next article of the Creed, Jesus, right? God gives us His Son. That's the best thing that He can give to us. The Father gives us His Son, and then Jesus gives to us 
salvation. Right? He gives to us forgiveness of sins. And then the third article of the Creed teaches us about the Spirit who gives to us faith. Right? Through the, through the hearing of the Word and through the waters of baptism, the Spirit gives faith. And the Spirit also works in us uh, sanctification, making us more and more holy. Right? So, so the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a giver. Right? We have a generous God. And so as God gives and we respond, right, how are you responding to the gifts that God has given you? Are you responding like Luther encourages us to do? Like for all this, it is my, my duty to thank and praise and to serve and obey Him. Or are you like me as a kid on Christmas that just wants more and more and more? But here's the problem with wanting more. More is never enough. Right? Jim Carrey was interviewed, uh, and, in, and in his interview he said, I think that everybody should get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. Right? That's not the answer. Having everything that you ever wanted is not going to be the answer. Right? And it's not, we're not just going to take our, our church from Jim Carrey today. Right? The, the author of Ecclesiastes says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. And in Ecclesiastes, there's this word vanity. Uh, sometimes it's translated as meaningless, but it comes up over and over and over throughout the book. And what it really means, the picture that that Hebrew word really gives us is like smoke or vapor. So if you've ever looked out at smoke, or if you've ever looked out at the clouds, right, sometimes it looks like it's something that is like solid that you can grab onto. But, but if, have you tried to grab onto smoke? Have you? Well, yeah, okay, thanks, Bennett. Uh, have you tried to grab onto like a cloud? Like if you're, if you're driving through fog, have you ever tried to grab onto something? Right, you can't. You can't, right? And, and it's always changing, right? If you watch the clouds, if you, like a kid, lay down and look up at the clouds, you look and you're like, oh, look, it's a giraffe. And then a minute later, it's an elephant because it's constantly changing. And that's, that's what the, the desire for more and more money is like. It's, it's this constant grab at something that's always changing, right? It, it's vanity. It's, it's deceiving. Now, there are lots of that most scholars think that, that King Solomon, David's son, wrote Ecclesiastes. There's some debate on that, but most think it was Solomon. So Solomon is thought to have been the richest person in the entire world, ever. Right? And it's him who is saying, like, it's not good enough. Right? That's never going to be enough. What you have is never going to be enough. Um, it, it's like smoke or vapor. It will vanish. It will go away. It will change. But, but eventually for Solomon, eventually for everyone in history, everything that we have on this earth goes away. The things of this world won't just, won't last forever. Right? And it's not just Jim Carrey who teaches us that. It's not just Solomon who teaches us that. But even Jesus tells us to not lay up treasures for yourself in heaven or on earth, excuse me, uh, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
right? Again, you have a God who gives, who gives lots of treasures. He gives you treasures here on this earth, and He gives you treasures on hev- in heaven. And so, again, how are you using the, God, the gifts that God gives to you? And the one thing that Jesus talks about more than anything else other than the kingdom of heaven, the one thing that He talks about more than anything else is money. It's just what Jesus talks about, right? And again, we're reminded that, that God gives and we respond. And Jesus wants to talk to us about money because he knows it's easy for us to see, ooh, God gives and we hold on. We keep. But God gives and we respond. And, and one of the things that God calls us to do with our finances is, is to tithe, which a tithe is, is 10% of our income, right? Uh, in Malachi 3, we read, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there's no more need. Right? This is the one place in the entire Bible where God calls us to test him. Most of the time he says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But this is the one place where he calls us to test him. And so at Trinity, we, we have what we've called the test me challenge. Right? Where God calls us to test him. He tells us to. He says, put me to the test. And so the test me challenge is this. It's for people who know that they're called to tithe but have a hard time taking that step for many different reasons. Maybe it's like I look at my bank account at the end of the month and there's no way that I could give 10% of that away and be able to pay all my bills. Or maybe there's other reasons, maybe you know, whatever it is. But the test me challenge is this, that if you commit to tithing for three months and God does not do what he says he will do, which is to throw open the windows of heaven and pour down on blessings until there's no more need, that we will give you every dollar back that you gave, right? Because what we want you to see and what God wants you to see is that, that tithing is not about the finances of this congregation, but it's about the faithfulness of God's people. God calls us to tithe because he wants us to see that everything that he has given to us is a gift. And when we hold on to it, we lose that. He, he, calls us, he gives it to us so that we can bless others. Now, now then at Trinity, we, we take those tithes and use it to grow the kingdom, right? And so, so God calls us to tithe. And so if you want to take the Test Me Challenge, just start. Maybe it's November, December, January, or December, January, February. Try it. And if God does not do what he promises that he will do, we'll give it all back. Now, I'll tell you, we've been doing this for four or five years. Um, I've talked to other pastors who have done the same thing. No one's ever come back to us and said, hey, God didn't do it. Because God does what he says he does, right? He always does what he says to do, he does. So he will do what he says he will do. But at the same time, I understand that like when I first got my first violin, like when I first got it, I was not ready to, to step onto the stage and perform, right? I needed to practice. I needed to take some baby steps. And so maybe as we consider this, maybe God is calling you to take a baby step and then another baby step and then another baby step, right, to, to, to try what God is calling us to do by, by Him giving and us responding in different ways. And what you'll see is interesting about that uh, is like, uh, I know, and I'll, I didn't ask him, but sorry kids, um, my, my three oldest practice piano, um, and they love it. It's their favorite. You should ask them about it after service. Um, they love it. Uh, but what's What's, what's really fun is when the oldest one struggles with a piano 
song, but then moves on, masters that and moves on, and then struggles and masters that and moves on. And then his younger sister gets up to a song that he struggled with for a while, and she plays it, and he talks about how easy that song was. Well, it is easy because you practiced and you figured it out, right? That's what our life of faith is like. Some, some steps that we take are really hard. And then we, we've, God helps us figure it out. And so we take another step and that's hard and God helps us figure it out. And then we look back and go, gosh, that was easy. Or that is easy now, right? That's what it's like to, to take baby steps as we practice our faith, right? God calls us to, to live generously. And he doesn't just tell us to do it, he does it, right? As God the Father gives, right? He, he gives us everything that we need to take care of our body and soul, and he, and he cares for it as well. He also gives us his son Jesus, who gives us his life and gives us life. And the Spirit gives us faith through the hearing of his word, through the waters of baptism, and the Spirit makes us new people each and every day. We have a God who has lived and is living generously. And so then I pray that as, as God gives and as we respond, that your life would be a life lived generously. Amen? Amen. Amen.